0: Welcome. It's three o'clock in the afternoon, oh just five past three actually, in the afternoon. You're listening to St. Andrew's Radio and um, yeah, my name is Leah Wyman. I'm the host of Eco-Activist Journeys and today is technically black friday but it's we've made it green friday because today it was a global climate strike on the 29th we had one in st andrews and that's why i'm joined today as well by um two students from belbex to high um who joined us for the strike today and also spoke at the strike and i'm also joined by fashion revolution st andrews to talk about yeah to talk a little bit about fashion and fast fashion and, um yeah how to counter consumerism and just talking about some active ways what we should be doing um, yeah, in this time of climate emergency. But first of all, I just want to have a very warm welcome to everyone who's in the studio today. Um, if you quickly want to introduce yourself, um,
1: yeah. So I am Sophie Gent.
2: Hi, I'm Rebecca.
1: And we're both part of the eco group at Bell Baxter High School. Yeah. Um, and I'm
3: Kathleen. I'm a final year uni student. And uh, I'm
4: Emma Saisi. I'm also a final year student at St Andrews. And we're part of Fashion Revolution.
0: Wonderful. So, yeah, also to all the listeners, I want to say if you have any questions, um, you can log on um, on the Star um, website, you can log on to the BuzzBox, and you can post any questions um, that you might have or interact. Um, So, yeah, you're welcome to do that. Um, But, yes, we wanted to start a little bit about um, our strike this morning. Um, Yeah, um, we we organized... um, Climate actions and Andrews um, put up like the fourth climate strike in Saint Andrews, which was the fourth global one um, for um, for climate strikes, um, um, which started in the quad, and then we walked down long streets of Saint Andrews down to West Sands, and yeah, at the quad we also had yeah, you two speak so. Yeah, do you want to give us a little bit of background, like what like makes you passionate about like the environment, and you know where your journey maybe started?
1: Yeah. Um. Well, we've been I've been in the eco group in Bell Baxter since I was in S one, um, so it's always sort of been like a part of me and a concern for me. But I think the sort of main passion really started like a- around last year for both of us. Yeah, I
2: feel like kind of the emerging strikes of mm. last year and this year was really what prompted us to kind of do more. Yeah. That?
1: So f- we first striked. Was it? March of this year yeah, mm-hmm. um, in Edinburgh, and then we did it again last month also in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. And, like, to see the growth from the first one to, like, even just, like, six months difference, oh, I think yeah, the first huge. one was, was around yeah. 2,000, mm-hmm. and then the one that we went to last month was around 20,000. Oh, wow. um, so it was, like, so incredible to see such a huge mm-hmm. um, increase. But, yeah, I think sort of, like, for me, the, like, passion kind of started in, like, February when I became vegan and then I sort of like became like a lot more interested in it and like just digging to see more and more about like what's happening
2: yeah I think that definitely rubbed off on me my yeah. friends um, yeah and then I also became vegan in the summer as well because of Sophie and um, yeah I was just learning so much more and then the more you learn the more you want to do mm, so.
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's really cool because we have a, 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 it always makes me tempted to speak about veganism
1: oh yeah has. sorry <laughs>
0: But no, um, yeah, it's just so important, I think, looking globally at the climate strikes, how it's just, how ma- more people have come out to speak about it and how much more normal it's become as well. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I know uh, it was just a thing that people were like, oh yeah, you kind of care about the planet, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but more now it's almost like cool, you know? Yeah, it's it's cool, cool to care. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and uh, for me, it's actually quite interesting as well, because I had my very first climate strike four years ago for the um, COP, in uh, um, that happened, and we went. I mean, there were like strikes in, the sit- in all around the world in cities, and we had one in um, Cape Town, um, and that was like the very first one. Um, and it's pretty really funny that it's like four years ago, and then now it's the next cop coming up in Madrid, and it's our fourth global climate strikes in St. Andrews mm-hmm. um, Yeah, also the fourth global one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's just important, I think, for everyone to know that keeping that pressure up. Is so important, and I know it can sometimes feel frustrating that you know sometimes like not immediate changes have happened. Yeah, and I know people can be very critical around that. Around, oh yeah, well, what is it helping? Mm-hmm. But if you look at the global narrative of what like Greta Thunberg and the climate strikes have actually changed, and how that's changed people's mindset and perception mm-hmm. around it. Um,
1: is so important. Yeah, definitely. I feel like Greta Thunberg's like a household name now, which mm-hmm. you just like never even imagine. Yeah, a couple of years ago. You could mention, like, I mean, there's no one probably who
0: doesn't know her Yeah, name. yeah.
3: Um, actually, I wanted to ask, what, what was the age group like, actually, sort of in the first and second strike? That you
1: um, were? I think the first one was predominantly our age and even younger. There was some, like, five-year-olds there. Like, there was, like... I think they took a group from nurseries. But, it, yeah, I don't think there was... It was mostly teenagers. Um, but the one that we went to last month was a lot more mixed, which I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. I think it is... It is centred towards youth. Like, it's called Youth Climate Strike. Mm-hmm. Or it was, at least. Um, and it's centred around sort of, like, like, striking school. But the more, the merrier. Like, the amount of, like, generations we can get together yeah. to... Yeah.
2: Also, the atmosphere changes so much as well. Because mm-hmm. from the first one, it was... I think, encouraging for us because it'd always been such a school thing and, like, yeah. we were a small group and then to the next strike, even our, like, own group within school like became so much bigger yeah. as well. which was just so much more encouraging and especially going and then realizing that everyone does care which is mm-hmm. something else but like that anxiety of like feeling that the weight of the world's on your shoulders yeah. and then to see everyone out everyone there, coming together. Yeah. yeah
0: I think people forget that you know knowing about the strike it's actually such a way for people to get together and you know to feel that energy and to know that you're not alone and that there are other people who wanting to do something as well and I really think it's so important that more people come come together for this mm-hmm. not just which was really good on the 20th um and it's good that it's I think what is strong with with youth with us like driving this is that we keep that energy up and we not we're not wanting to give up yeah and I think so that's maybe some of the things that have gone wrong in the past with climate strikes like it's been put up but then it was kind of like people were disappointed and then that energy was back down again and um it's so important to keep it up so
3: I actually wanted to say It's sort of odd because 2019 hasn't been the most encouraging year. Mm. Uh, But towards the end, and I know the situation's got more dire environment-wise, right? But I've been given such hope, I don't know, seeing the protests. Actually, like, my admiration for the Gen Z has gone way up, I think. Sort of for us, we've been staring at at doom since, you know, Mm -hmm. since the beginning. But you guys are sort of literally say like I don't know spreading the message saying this is happening to us now um there's I don't know I feel like you are really taking it into your own hands in a way that's not been done before mm-hmm. and it's been a joy to watch
0: yeah that just reminds me of like Tunberg's Thunberg's th- boy like words though that you don't we don't need your praises or your admirations mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. need you know we need actual action and I think that's so so strong which she's um brought up as well as like you know how like the awards that have been like got given to her mm-hmm. and she rejected it and said, you know, we don't need more awards in this movement, we need actual action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's so important. As, you know, I think the greatest threat to our planet really is that we believe someone else will save it.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. I think that like, going back to the Gen Z thing, like we always were regarded as, sometimes called the snowflake generation. Mm-hmm. And so always regarded as a little bit like almost a joke. Mm. Um, but I think that this has definitely' yeah. like, made our reputation sort of yeah, watch mm. us now yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: and just sort of um, with rejecting the awards and things um, sort of I think the Gen Zs they, they have so much information at their fingertips they can tell when it's not going to go somewhere and just like with fashion as well sort of people are making such better informed decisions now Mm -hmm. um it's almost like we can all see through it now and what really matters yes yeah but
0: then we still yeah i guess that's where it comes important that we still kind of raise awareness Mm -hmm. on this and speak about it because it's still so still so common to fall into traps around you know fast fashion and um black friday deals and consumerism and yeah just just i think while the climate strikes is so important, I think it's also a point where we all need to, like, question, be like, where, what can we do? Mm-hmm. And what can we all do? Um, it's not just enough to, like, strike maybe once, yeah, once every blue moon or every Friday even, you know. Uh, yes, of course, a major thing is about political change, and we need that. But we also need to accept sort of societal change and take on changes. Um, but, yeah, any... um. What what, did, what let's let's talk about the strike today? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what how how did it feel? You know, like just yeah. What what was your like what was your moment that you thought was really powerful?
2: I think when we all went down to the beach and we we're all standing together, and I think also because it was a lot of our skill and we knew a lot of the faces, mm. and I think it was a lot of faces we maybe didn't expect. Yeah, definitely, to, definitely. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. like in the past couple of strikes, it's just been like sort of. 15 maybe 20 people coming from bell baxter Mm -hmm. i think there was around 150 today and just looking around and we sort of like i don't know i kind of had the idea that a lot of them were sort of going for a skive um but like looking around i could see that so many people were actually really Mm -hmm. passionate Mm -hmm. and like seeing people just like standing together um yeah yeah. i think
0: that's so important that you know that's i think a good point with the with the climate strikes to actually bring people together and to have something that unites us and say well actually we all stand here and we all care because it is our future um, and then the challenge I guess is how do we use that energy to to really move changes in the future and to to continue speaking to people around it and I mean I'm a little bit of a frustrated side for me and um, was obviously that um St Andrews has around like nine we have nine thousand mm-hmm. students and um I mean our last strike was really big. We had like around 2 1200 people, but even that, you know, we 9000 students in this town, um everyone knew about it because mm-hmm. it was advertised really heavily. Mm-hmm. It was promoted, it was posted, an email was sent to every student in school. Um and I think it's almost it's sad to see that, you know, I think that it's not all 9000 of people can tell me that, you know, mm-hmm. they had a they had a class this morning. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's where it becomes so so important to 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 point that out and to say you know why why are you not here why are you not joining us um because it's so important that all of us come and stand for that for that and um yeah not to take that for granted Mm -hmm. as well that we have that opportunity here to do this you know putting up this climate strike i mean this is like i feel like (laughs) like this last like few weeks especially because so much goes into it that people actually don't know with like applications and with um, getting the town council on board and the university and um, I know strikes always a difficult one because it's not something that's easily like promoted mm-hmm. um, in terms of you know people like oh but we can't promote like people skipping classes mm-hmm. um, and so it's just so much effort goes into that so I think I really want to call out people more to to be like where were you you know if you didn't come today why why did you not come and um, and to say yes, but yes, to say the proudly of the ones that who are here, and to know that, you know, we're we're really the ones driving it. We won't give up, and I think in the long run that can be, can hopefully will also inspire other people to carry on joining us um, because it, it's not going away. You know, this is just the beginning, um, and we need to carry on pushing and having our eyes open for that as well.
3: That's so. interesting. So. Sort of the twenty-something-year-olds didn't really show up.
0: Well, I mean, we did. We did have around like two, two, 200 to yeah. three hundred. So we probably be like four hundred people at the strike mm-hmm. today, which is a fair amount of number. But like, I think we like around that nine thousand four hundred people at the university. Oh, wow. yes, so at least true. nine thousand mm-hmm. people. I'm like, why? You know, where were you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
3: um yeah, and I think. I think it's it's difficult to shake people out of their own self interest, which is ironic because this is all in our own interest, you know. Um, But I can see, I I can feel a bit guilty of that actually, being wrapped up in my own world, my own problems, you know, Um, but it's, it's a challenge. Like, how would you, and as an example,
4: right, if you were to discuss with, you know, bring it up, like, kind of hold people accountable for their action. How do you call out someone in a way without making them feel bad about it or defensive about it? How do you go about that, for example? Just a thought. Like, I wouldn't have
0: an idea, but yeah. Um, Yeah, I guess it's, it's difficult because at the one hand side, it's so important to point out all the people who've been here and who come to those things and who continue to support and who continue to stand up for it. And then, yeah, also respect that, you know, for some individuals, maybe even, you know, they they, they were, they didn't have a real choice to, they had maybe some to come today. Um, and that's why we also had the Wear Red initiative um, of people to wear red around town um, in support of the climate emergency, um, especially staff or people who can't come. So, I mean respectfully there are people who actually would want to come and don't can't come but at the same time it's so important to ask people especially because people some people tend to be so drawn away or like pessimistic about it and be like well what's the point and and to be like well you know it would be such it is a point and it's such a point like last time when we had the 1200 people actually as a response um because um, Stephen Gethins was still a member of Parliament in uh, Westminster then, and he took forward an early day motion, actually brought it to Parliament mm-hmm. about the climate strike, and he brought that forward. And, you know, that raises, on a national level, awareness of what's been happening and the people who've been there. Like So every single one who came had a direct impact on the number that was reported then nationally. nationally. And, I mean, just that impact that that can have, and also the university's response since then. And, like, um, since then, they formed the... Um, Environment—they've form, now formed their environment and board, sustainability board, um, and that's also as a response to you know our actions here. And to say that it doesn't make a difference would be—it's just—it's just not true.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's just an easy way out to sort of counter, you know, that that guilt, I guess, from yeah. coming. Mm-hmm.
3: I'd say, I'd say this year, um, I have really felt it a lot. Actually, these things having an impact. Um, up until now, yeah, I probably had a little bit of, not cynicism, but, you know, I felt unheard, like I think a lot of people our age do. But this year, more than ever, I, I feel like it's going somewhere. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: I think that's actually a
0: really good, good, powerful thing at the moment, that it is actually just to tell people not to lose hope. Maybe that's yeah. another mm-hmm. part of it. Definitely. Yeah. Because it is having an impact, and we are being heard. Even though sometimes it's not being admitted as like greatly, but the way that's been talked around, how much more has been mentioned in classes and how much more has put up the agenda. But yeah, do you encounter that in school? Maybe you know how do you encounter with people who are very pessimistic, Um, jokey about it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that is quite a
1: difficult thing. Yeah, I think for me in terms of like accountability, um, I like I. we try to focus more on education mm-hmm. so instead of calling someone out for not doing something saying how you could mm-hmm. like do it better um, yeah. but I think after a while it sort of reaches a point where if someone's being so horrible and pessimistic about it you can't really do it without making them feel guilty you just have to be like listen like,
2: I think that also point. comes
1: from like kind of this like
2: mass media outlook of it being that um, we're so far like down the line that we can't do anything and it's like again go back to this idea of hope that like there is still things we can do yeah. if we do them now. and like
1: Yeah, and I think that there's a sort of, like, false idea that if you can't be a perfect, like, living off the grid, mm. like, vegan, like, at, like amazing, like, doesn't make any carbon emissions mm-hmm. all the time, perfect, then there's no, there's no point in doing mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. Um, because, like, we're so far down the line, oh, like, we're going to have a climate disaster anyway, is there even a point? Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's just showing that there is, like, every little tiny thing matters so much. Like, even just, like, choosing to walk to school instead of getting a lift in mm-hmm. or like just everything instead of having such a, I, I think just like breaking it down into smaller yeah. like like bite sized chunks rather than like we need to fix climate change, you mm-hmm. off you go. Yeah, like,
0: I think that those can be feel very overwhelming because it's such yeah. a big issue but yeah we can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good you know, mm-hmm. we have to have people you know to say that you know it does matter and it is maybe inspiring someone else to do something in a way that you might have not known, um, that that does matter, you know, in small ways. Like I know for me, um, because I'm not from St. Andrews, you know, I I had a big thing this year being like, Oof, I really don't feel comfortable, you know, with the the flight emissions that I have to get here. Um, and then over um, over the reading break, I decided let me take a train home. And um, I it was really difficult because I I love really. Um, in Germany, by the Austrian border. So it's, it's like 1950 kilometers from St. Andrews. And um, I was like, how am I going to get there in one day, you know, without like actually having to like pay extra to like sleep somewhere and something like that. And then I kind of kind of came across like interrail um, and interrail Europe tickets. Mm-hmm. So I interrailed um, back through the Eurotunnel. And that is actually so empowering because it was just felt so good and I had so many yeah. people come to me. Um, like or message me or like wow that's really great you're doing that and I think even something small like that can you know maybe inspire someone else to consider some some of these choices or like even you know veganism um, to to do that and to speak to the people around you even if you don't immediately to turn other people vegan but like just encourage people to eat less meat or something of that mm-hmm. sort. so education is is really important
2: yeah I think that's something that we definitely like focus on and when we're like holding conferences or assemblies and stuff like that. It's like focusing on the successes and like yeah. things that have been done and what you can do rather than like and where this it can neg- go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because like
1: in the media, climate change is such a negative, like often has such a negative portrayal and we're just seeing mm. disaster after disaster and like, oh, we've only got 10 years left and now their eyes, the world's going to blow up. But like, it's really like just focusing on the positive things mm-hmm. and where it can go yeah. rather than what's happened and.
0: Yeah, we need well, a measure we well of like active hope and we need mm-hmm. actual things that can be done, which is why I think we this time we decided to um, focus the strike a little bit on like renewable energy yeah. and especially on like the wind farm because that's been a big issue for us in and St Andrews that there's actually a wind farm that's been, planning permissions been given that can make the whole car- university carbon neutral. And I mean we're a fairly big university that could ha- mm-hmm. really have an impact on emissions. Um, locally um, and then there was this difficulty around building that wind farm because of projections from Ministry of Defence um, not wanting to engage in discussions and not seeing this as a priority and um, just putting this out there as an actual issue and something that we stand together for and be like you know we stand for renewable energy and you know for some people like that local action might seem uncomfortable because it's always like easier to say oh let's have action like somewhere like kind of a support climate action but when it comes to like hometown like where should we do it right here now? And individually, that can kind of feel uncomfortable sometimes for people. And I think it's just important to continue standing for that and say, look, we are supporting this is our future, and there's just no right around it. We need to keep the fossil fuels in the ground, stop burning them. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, that's, that's what will like, decide how we can like, keep global emissions below 1.5 degree warming.
3: So are they saying it's a security threat? Actually, the Ministry of Defence. I, I um, can't understand.
0: <laughs> no, um, it's it, the thing is, it they say it turns up on the radar because it's a moving mm-hmm. thing, but there are is, thing, ways to go around that because obviously it's stationary, so mm-hmm. it's not going to be a helicopter that's flying. Evidently, um, some things around obviously that the system is a bit outdated that would have to be renewed, um, but also just unwillingness, sort of, to engage in it. I think is a, is a big thing because, uh, yeah that yeah, some people just don't really don't care and just don't want to engage with it. So
4: yeah, I feel like I I saw the peti- the petition on Facebook. I on the surface level, I agreed with it, so I signed it because I mean it sounds like a great cause, and I I like the idea because in this scenario, you have the consumers who are holding the government, you know, responsible, but then it's the government that's just being a bit iffy about the whole scenario, and it's like a ch- it's. There's only so much the consumers can do. Like this is a fight that Different groups can't win independently. And it's a scenario of, like, there's only so much you can do as a consumer. There's only so much you can try to reduce your carbon emissions. And how can the government be able to now help such subsidies, like taking the train? How can we make it easier for people yeah. to be able to take
0: trains instead of flying? Because yeah. it doesn't make sense that trains, that, that flights are less expensive. I know. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. Going
4: to London and by train and flight yeah. is ridiculous. Mm. And that's the thing. And it it's just the same thing yeah. as... Fashion. It's a scenario of like, it's one thing to try and get people to shop and thrift and everything, but what measures are the government actually trying to hold these other fast fashion companies mm-hmm. accountable yeah. to? And I guess that's why things like the strike make sense and petitions and trying to engage the, trying to engage. Um, yeah the people around just to get into parliament and change
0: laws and policies to support this. And I think it's also a mindset change for many people, you know, it needs to get out there even, you know, if the strike is also around like actually like getting the voice heard and being like this is an issue so that people start thinking about and start thinking about in their own lives, Yeah. which is why we're going to talk about Black Friday and Fast Passion now but I'm quickly going to, we have a little short music break We go before we go into that I'm going to play um, Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson Mm because I thought that would be a good tune to get us into the spirit. (laughs) Now we'll talk about how to make the change. (laughs) Um,
3: Fashion revolutions and Andrews, can you introduce yourself, say a little about what you do and yeah? Hello, yes, so firstly, thank you so much for having us on. Um, We're a relatively new group. We just started in September. Um, We have a student ambassador here, Martina, who started it all. Um, And basically what they do is it's a global campaign to, uh to make the fashion industry more transparent and more sustainable because it is notoriously opaque actually what happens globalism has a lot of uh how do you say um responsibility in that um what else what else what else
4: and then, yeah, I mean, the problem with the fashion industry is, like, because it's so glamorous, so many people don't take a minute to ask themselves what effort actually goes in. And because at the moment, we keep taking so much from the environment and nobody's paying attention to that. Nobody, Fashion is ideally the second highest pollutant in yeah. um, when it comes to the whole climate thing. And nobody's asking tough questions about it. And it's not just a scenario of fast fashion. Even the big brands like Chanel burberry and all that everyone is a criminal to this mm. and so the idea of fashion revolution is one to ask are the people making the clothes getting the right treatment are they paid fairly are they working in conditions that work for them are they also like and this material where are we sourcing them how much is going into producing cotton because there's so much water that goes into producing a pair of jeans it's ridiculous gallons Gallons of like, I'm not sure at the moment how many goes in, but so much water goes into just producing a pair of jeans that is sold at Primark for about six pounds, and that pair of jeans will not last you. I swear to God, mine did not last me more Mm -hmm. than six months. (laughs) It just dies. It dies. Like when I first came to Saint Andrews, I was excited because I came from Kenya and was excited about Primark because it's super cheap. It's ridiculous. And I, I, it took me a while until I stopped for a moment and had this whole life change. And I started thinking, huh, about all these th- things. And the thing that, if you imagine all that water goes into a pair of pants that doesn't last you six months, and they keep producing, they keep producing, they keep producing. And now we have Black Friday, which is a case of surplus, yeah. where people now sell for even lower prices. So that is what Fashion Revolution is here to ask questions about and to get people thinking what are you buying how much is going into it and is it really worth the cost
0: Mm. and it is strange because i think in america that's even a lot bigger you know you see these videos of people storming Mm -hmm. into stores and it's just why you know i think it goes back to that mindset of you know that consumerist mindset you know why do we think we need more stuff to make us happy in that system that's kept us trapped in like how we should be having more and to make us happy and to sort of sell us that idea that, you know, that pair of jeans will, like, totally improve your happiness because you're going to look so much better in it. And not really questioning around, you know, I think people forget that humans would use these clothes, you
3: know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolute, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and actually, one aspect I've found really interesting is they say it has both a mental and environmental toll, actually. And I was thinking about sort of, oh, the mental toll that it takes? Yeah. Um, but you can't help but agree
1: yeah yeah it's like i think the mental thing is so interesting because um like i think i used to be like like shop quite a lot and be like really interested in like shopping clothes and like you know like you said Primark and then I remember getting like so excited when I had like loads of new clothes and then I'd be really excited for like a couple of days to wear them all and then they just end up like in the back of my wardrobe mm-hmm. and like never worn again and they would just pile up and up and up and then that would like eventually make my mental idea a bit worse because I've just got so much stuff everywhere like you know like a clean space clean mind and it's yeah. just like that's
0: yeah. that's very true because we gather so much stuff like mm-hmm. I mean for me, like, it's sometimes difficult as well because I don't like throwing things out. Mm-hmm. So it's just like things keep piling up and we don't realize how actually that's like blocking our like actual physical spaces because it's weighing down of all of that. Things that we have that we think would buy us happiness, but then, you know, it's, it's not, it, it doesn't. And um, I, th- I think
3: that's why I think Black Friday is so hugely problematic. Yes, it is for many reasons. Um, they were also highlighting sort of the hyper-discount culture as well. They were saying that um, with us buying into it, it's telling companies that it's okay to overproduce because we help empty their stockpiles for them just, you know, doing a heavy discount. Um, so it's really perpetrating bad behavior. Yeah. And I guess it's difficult because, like, it can seem really tempting on a day
0: like Blackfire. i be like, oh, yes. well, I just... You know, I'm just gonna do this now. I mean, this is not too bad, and this is kind of a good product. Let's do it. But I think we need to really challenge that mentality, and that's why I'm totally for like boycotting days like Black Friday, because mm-hmm. it's not just not in general something that should be supported. Yeah.
3: And um, there's actually an initiative. Sort of a lot of companies are closing down on Black Friday as a way. Uh, To step against it. Wow. Um, Yeah, there's this initiative called Make Friday Green Again, which I don't know how I feel (laughs) about that, but (laughs) it's a it's a really good idea. Um,
4: Yeah, yeah, and the other thing that like Black Friday, for example, like Fashion Revolution, it's not just about buying. How can like if you bring yourself? Okay, you're excited about make Black Friday exciting for you. Get your clothes, go get them fixed. It's like the idea of this is like. How long can we make our clothes last? Mm-hmm. How long can we make them? You know, take your clothes out to the laundry, and also it's a question of also think what laundry am they taking to? Are they en- environmentally friendly? Because the other thing is sometimes we overdo our laundry wash. I know it's a thing that I've never thought about it, but every time we wash our clothes, we waste, we use heat, we release microfibrics, microplastics into the environment that go into fish that we eventually eat if we eat fish like me, mm-hmm. and. It's a scenario of like, if you're constantly doing that or if you're constantly taking to a laundromat where they use um, harsh chemicals that are also released into the water, that is a hazard. And in some countries, they do not have the pleasure of having proper sewage situations. And that means it goes directly to the people. And so the idea is that how can you make your clothes last? Then if you want to shop, then at least go through shopping because then you're making it circular. You're not producing any more clothes. You're getting new clothes. Or if you want, what you could do is try swapping clothes with your friends because that's exciting. You get new stuff and you get to see each other's wardrobe. And also it gives you a sense of community, you know. (laughs) And the other thing would be um, upcycling. I don't know if, I'm sure many people know what upcycling is if you've gone to Pinterest, where you can make your jeans into something new, you can make your shirt into something new. And it is exciting, and you get new skills, learn new skills, and that's what you can make. If you are really keen about enjoying Black Friday, then you can make it a thing. It doesn't have to involve also just going and buying sustainable stuff from other companies. I know that is tempting, because I feel like the sustainable... You know, now that everyone's wa- everyone wants to be green, companies have also decided. Some of the fast fashion companies have decided they're going to be part of this. So you have these companies that join this with, if if a company has one percent that's green and nine percent that is not green, truly, I mean, what are they trying to tell us? Yeah. yeah, there's
0: a lot of greenwashing that goes on from companies who sell that idea of oh, yeah, we're doing something good, uh, whereas when you actually look at the specifics and the statistics, it's just like, no, yeah. no, you're not. You're selling us the wrong idea.
1: And, like, not to, like, call any anyone out, yeah. but, like, um, I'm, I'm, like, H&M, like, comes oh, to mind because they've yeah. got their range where it's, like, H&M conscious mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, these specific items are very, like, green and they're like, okay, but sure, but what about the rest of your stuff? Like, mm-hmm. that's you just mm-hmm. saying the rest of your stuff isn't green, by creating, like, this, like, 5% that you're saying, this part's really good, and you're, like... Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and also, I heard some criticism, I think it was HMM, who, um, they had this initiative where you could bring back clothes and get new ones. Yes. And that's kind of problematic as well, in the sense that people would, like, just bring it back and then get something new. Um, and the yeah. other
4: thing is... How long does it take to bring them back? Like, how long do their, class l- their clothes last? Because I will say this. I bought an H&M trouser that lasted shorter than a Primark one. <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> I do not know what went wrong. Either was maybe not wearing it right, but you know. <laughs> and, I mean, the question is, just because you bring them back and get new ones, it's, if their clothes don't last that long, then people are going to bring them quickly, and then they're going to keep producing new clothes. Mm. And then we're going to give ourselves this illusion that, oh, you know what, I'm doing a good thing. But is it truly a good thing? Because producing that clothes has a strain on the environment. Think about all the carbon emissions and all that. And, yeah, that's a bit one of the things that you need to think when it comes to Black Friday.
3: Um, The term greenwashing you just used, I've never heard that before, but I can immediately sort of understand what you mean. Um, It reminds me of the Dior's Spring-Summer 2020 uh, show. I I don't know if anybody watched it, but they had about 100 trees in the middle of the catwalk and then the models were walking in and out of it and um, they pledged to uh, plant these trees all around Paris and people were like, oh, that's so great, you know? And then other people were questioning, so how about bringing these trees in and then driving them all out to these different locations? Is this actually helping at all?
0: Mm. Yeah, and I, I think just also, like, you know, what are that? what is the other footprint of all the other things? Is it just hiding exactly. some of the bigger problems? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, It's a question
4: with the trees, right? So I don't know if anyone watched. I caught a bit of the political debate yesterday. And people have pledges of planting trees. So they are like, we'll plant trees. But it's not just a scenario of planting trees. You have to think, are they the right trees? Are you planting the right trees? It's about restoring the ecosystems that we have killed, not just planting some random trees and calling it a day. It's, mm-hmm. And restoring ecosystems now takes great thought, and that's why we can't just easily rubbish things over and be like, oh, you know what, we'll just plant trees and call it a day. And that's the thing that we need counter- companies to hold accountable. And what Fashion Revolution does, it, it asks people... So if you go on the website, you can go and see pamphlets where they ask, you know, if you want to take more action beyond what you're doing, you can go and write to companies and ask them to reveal the product, you know, the production process. So dear H and M, dear Primark, dear whoever, write to them. And because you're a customer who's concerned, if they can reveal, because 80% of the, 80% of consumers believe that companies truly show the production process, which is a lie. For example, Uniqlo, which I wanted to buy their heat wear from, yeah, they do not pay their workers fairly, and they have a strain on it. They have great prices. Their products are okay. But so as a consumer, if you're concerned, this is the time, like Black Friday, you can take time and write to those companies
0: that you're concerned about, Mm -hmm. because maybe they can make a change. Mm -hmm. Consumer choice and voice matter so much. Like, I don't know if you've heard of like, I was involved with in a, in a campaign for open cages once, about phoning Tesco around, you know, the the way they treat their chickens, mm-hmm. and sort of like having to like tell the tr- Tesco tell the truth, sort of just demanding like, like the images rather come out and just say, you know, what are you doing to animals, and that's not like standard. You you just that can't like that's not just the can't it's not acceptable.
3: -hmm. And having
0: phone in and doing a mass phone in. So uh, people like phoned in after each other mass Mm. from in different locations to ask around that. And then you could see that, you know, people started feeling like even on the phones because they like heard someone else had phoned. And actually makes it because it seems like, oh, there are a lot of people currently phoning. It just needs to be 10 people like maybe phoning over and over again and it will reach different call centers. Uh, And because there is a voice out there, but people just don't think it matters. And even like back then, you know, sometimes around like the Made in China. I was involved in a Made in China campaign, like, not Made in, like, to produce, like, support local campaigns. Yes. And then, like, we just always, like, even with my family, we go to shop and ask, like, where is it produced? And then it says, it's Made in China. We're like, oh, no, sorry, mm-hmm. and we left.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: you see that people actually actually like, oh, people don't really want, sort of, like, no. that fast fat, don't really want it. Mm-hmm. And if you actually just say it to a store, and then someone else says it as well, that yes. has an impact, because people are realising. So I think the worst is almost to stay silent about it, because Ultimately, it's such a it's a human rights issue as well. Like looking at, I mean, I watched the movie "Damn um, True Cost." So I don't know if yeah. any of you have, yeah, um, just like it's so it's it's criminal actually what is being done to workers um, in in fast fashion industries. The, the way that you know what are they what are they what are they paid that they have to work there because they don't have an option otherwise. Um, that. There's the the health standards of what's there, and then also the environmental impact that's feeding in that it has on their communities. Then again, impacts their health and the diseases that they are literally getting Mm -hmm. through producing clothes for the Western world, which are worn once and thrown away the next day.
3: True, Um, and it's actually quite harrowing because the fashion industry within the fashion industry, slavery is rampant actually, Um, and with how little these people are being paid, they're on zero contract, zero hour contracts. Um, I just read the statistic that eighty percent of women of women workers in Bangladesh have been victims of sexual harassment or violence um, within their workplace um there 's just no protection for them, and you know when you 're buying something cheap you 're thinking who else who is paying the cost here really. Mm.
0: And yeah. these are these are, these are our clothes, you know, kind of clothes are our second skin. We all get to, like, I mean, unless you have to wear a school uniform <laughs> most of the time, yeah. you get to decide what you wear each day. So it's a choice and it's a statement. So everyone kind of needs clothes. But then there's a question of where is it produced and how does that impact human rights and environmental rights around the world?
4: Yeah. And, you know, the irony of things is that I feel like some of these companies take They make a joke of actually causes that matter, from feminism to environmental change and to all that. These companies that actually have questionable practices are the ones that will produce a sweater telling you, "Feminist,"
1: yeah, or "Girl
4: Power," or will you know, "The Earth Matters." Mm. But the question is, do they truly matter? And it's a question of how. when people belittle such, you know, when they try to make such things mainstream, mm-hmm. they they lessen the message behind it, and that is why it is for us to call them out for what they're doing, because this is important. Mm-hmm. This is important to everyone here. And that's why, like, Fashion tactile. relates
3: to everyone. Yeah. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, I had a friend say, um, fashion is the only art form that everyone is forced to participate in. Which I yes. thought was <laughs> a good one. Yeah. Um, but sort of, from my, I like fashion because mm. of the glamour and the fantasy that they sell. And uh, my mum is a seamstress or as a hobby, so I've always been interested in touching the fabrics and looking at sort of the detail behind it um, and reading the Fashion Revolution pamphlet. It was quite lovely, actually. They said, turn your top inside out, examine the seams, and think about that person who was sewing behind it, you know, all the hands that had touched the garment. And um, just... With Black Friday, trying to reduce consumerism and everything, just being more conscious, more mindful, and thoughtful. Nice yeah. Yes. So I like to invest in pieces. That's my joy, really. But I like, you know, I I like the artisanship and everything, but um, actually knowing about the materials, I didn't know to question that. For example.
1: Um, but yeah, the consciousness is what I yeah, find interesting. I think it's so good to like humanize things very <laughs> much and just make like add a sort of like almost a story behind it, and yeah. like it just makes it seem much more than like a random top that you got at Primark.
4: I know, and when you think about the fabric, um, one of the like fashion revolution doesn't work alone. You have so many different companies that work together. And for example, there's something called the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. The Ellen MacArthur Foundation is working towards producing a circular economy so that right now what we have is a linear thing, so everything Mm -hmm. goes to waste. So how do we take all the stuff that, you know, keep using it over and over so that we stop digging up for new stuff? Mm -hmm. And as you say, like looking at the material, you personally I try to never buy new uh, polyester clothes. I invest in clothes that, for example... um, bamboo linen such fabrics are good because they eventually decompose into the thing and like fashion revolution has a pamphlet that goes on it you can go on their um, instagram page and take a look at it and then you can get to learn like what fabrics are great to use you know and also the thing is also think about what goes into producing this fabric so then you have leather that's great for the environment but because it doesn't add more plastic to it but also the, now the ethics that go be towards the leather production. So this is why like actual thought is needed mm. to it. It's not just mm. a very simple answer. Yeah. And mm. that is why because whatever choice you make, then you need to hold your, yourself accountable for that
2: choice. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this comes back to like a point of education I was, again because I'm like just about sitting to here that. in silence, and like getting all this information. Yeah. Like I, I felt like I knew it before I walked in this room. Mm-hmm. I yes, had yeah, no idea. Like, yeah. I, like and, the
1: like, different materials, I just yeah, never mm, ever thought to think about mm. that. Um, yeah like just education like making it more of a thing and also like the repairing going back to like sort of upcycling yeah. I could yeah. not even like sew together yeah. if I got a hole in my trousers I, you know like it's yeah. just not a, a thing I think it skills needs
0: to be skills has also got mm. lost around that you know behind like how do we repair and take care of our things and I think at the end it's it's about it's not about saying no to fashion I mean we need to have clothes but it's really about engaging that fashion revolution to sort of have new to have that new yeah that idea of like a circular economy of things having a story and a history you know the clothes that you wear
3: and that's sort of also a message that carries around and yeah, to just to just honour that and be conscious of that. That's exactly what, to, what I wanted to say. It's um, learning to have a respect for what you own, you know. So, yeah. sort of, I feel like Marie Kondo almost helped actually yes. in that sort of, you know, uh, respecting the things you buy, respecting your hard-earned money to buy these things, uh, respecting the people who have made it, um, just respecting the use of the garment itself, as you say. It um, kind of goes against all kinds, all sorts of consumerism in that sense. So yes,
0: definitely to our listeners, please don't engage in Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Boycott it if you can. Um, yeah, and and just be conscious of the you know those choices that we have um, that we can make as well. So
3: also, if you're interested in getting involved, we you know we're planning events. There's Fashion Revolution Week in April, which is the big thing that Fashion Revolution is all about. Um, so if you'd like to get involved, please email us at. Revolution, Andrews at gmail.com um, it'll be wonderful to get you on board
1: yeah
0: definitely and thank you so much again for thank you, nice thank you very coming. much for inviting
1: <laughs> us it's so interesting <laughs> it's <been wonderful>.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's been a really um, good discussion and um, I hope our listeners have learned something from it as well um, I'm going to, to put this recording as well, I have it as a podcast recording which will go up on my site um, for people who weren't able to tune in to listen to. But yeah, I just wanted to say um, thank you for everyone who's supporting it, also for the people who support the climate strikes and who go out there and who speak up for it and who realise, you know, this is our future and we need to stand up for it, but we also need to think about ways how can we all of us address it and what can we actually do. Mm-hmm and um, that's so important so yeah let's let's make let's make fridays more green again you know especially Black friday Mm -hmm. and speak to people around it you know people you know who are engaging that be like "Mm, do you think like maybe just engaging in discussion and educating around that is so important Mm -hmm. um just to start a conversation so i hope this has helped to start a conversation as well and um yeah thank you very much everyone who's tuned in Um, This was Eco-Activist Journeys. My radio show uh, runs every Friday during term time from 3 to 4 p.m. And the last song that we will listen today is called Talking About a Revolution. Because we (laughs) are talking about a revolution. Okay, have a wonderful Friday. And thank you for everyone who's come today and for everyone who's tuned in. Thank
4: you.